You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And today I'm here with Arthur Alayev. And Arthur is going to tell us a little bit about his business, fascinating business. And um, it's going to be a great episode because this, for me, is kind of the root of services. We're going to talk about some of the fundamental aspects of service-based businesses. Arthur, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bruce. I'm glad to be here. So, uh, yeah, so let's start, start with your story because I think you've got a great background. I know, we, you know I got a little bit of it before, but I think it'd be great for the people listening in. Just explain how you got into this because there's actually a great backstory, a family history to this. And then we can talk a little oh, yeah, bit about definitely. the business and what you've been doing. Definitely. So I come from three generations of barbers. My grandfather started it back in the Soviet Union. And then my, uh, he taught my father. My father taught me. And I really loved the craft. Everybody in the family decided to become doctors and lawyers. So I, I kind of wanted to stick to the trade. It's definitely an amazing business. And when I was 13 years old, my father started taking me to the business. And I started, you know, seeing the whole operation, how everything works. And he never really wanted it for me. Mm-hmm. He just more or less wanted to take me just for to keep me busy, you know, you're outside on the street, you might get into some trouble. <laughs> so so he, he always looked out for us. And I picked up the trade with him and he said, you know what, it's always good to know. You know, you yeah. can be in one state, you can be in a whole different country and you'll be able to have this craft with you no matter where you go. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, I wanted to open up my own business and have a brick and mortar. And I just said, you know what? There has to be a more innovative way to scale the business, to change it up, to have something more innovative. So with roots so deep as mine in the barber industry, you know, it's not much, you know, that compares to getting the perfect cut. It's it's worth a trek across town, a disruption to your day, and there and after work. And up to now, that's what it required for a lot of people. But we believe that you shouldn't have to choose between luxury and convenience. So I decided to take the show on the road. Yeah. We like to mainly go to corporate companies and events and all types of uh, even weddings. So, you know, that's something that it's a service-based business that you can try to scale. Today, it's all about convenience and it's all about comfort. So if you could always find a way to do something like that, that would always be, you know, productive. Yeah. So I think there's, there's an interesting kind of insight here, or, or at least, uh, you know, understanding of really what it means to be services. What do you think you picked up when you were young in terms of being at the barbershop and seeing what the experience was like from a service point of view? You know, there's one thing that's sort of the technical aspect of, you know, how to cut someone's hair, but above and beyond the technical side, like what did you see as really creating a great experience or what did you, or, or not a great experience? Like what did you notice about the experience of getting, you know, of getting a good cut? Right. So the business that my father took over, he took over Rudy's barbershop and, and that's a pretty old shop. It's about 60 years old now. And he started picking it up and he gave a lot of great services. He gave a lot of extras. He gave a lot of complimentary uh, products uh, to the clientele. And that way, business started picking up. So for instance, uh, when a person would come in for a hot towel shave, 
He would give him a, a complimentary neck cleanup. You know, it doesn't really take a lot of time. It doesn't cost so much more extra. But the small things is more or less, you know, what people look at, you yeah. know. And, and when you can provide a little bit here, a little bit there, people actually take that into consideration. And productively, it starts moving up uh, your business. And people always like a complimentary uh, service. You know, something that you can just put in there, something that doesn't cost so much, something that, you know, you can you can always uh, you can always add something small. You know, I, I don't see it harming a lot of people. And that was one of the ways was for pickup business to scale his business. And for the it was it was more or less uh, about the, the, the customer satisfaction. And that was one thing that I learned growing up from my father customer service was always the highest regard for him yeah. and he told me when you can when you can have great customer service and the clients will be happy definitely have more and more services you'll you'll have you'll scale up the business much quicker that way yeah i always remember one of the best shaves i got they use some kind of like a eucalyptus oil in the towels oh, or exactly. something like that and yeah. You know, it's <laughs> a tiny little thing, but it's something about it. I think smell too is a very powerful kind of emotional reaction. So I always think of that shave and it's just because of the, you know, this little thing they did in, you know, for me in terms of the experience that made it memorable. Because exactly. I think it is, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, you know, there's technically there's good haircuts, there's bad haircuts, you know, but the broader experience is really what the emotional impact is. And so, exactly. So I'm curious when you kind of have this, you know, family history, this uh, experience, education, in barbering and then you know how many different kind of ideas did you go through and were you looking at trying to innovate in that space what else did you consider and what else did you potentially kind of put to the side or you not see as viable man because i can think of lots of different ways you can innovate there but i'm curious how you picked oh, the, yeah. the model that you picked and, and what else did you not pick so i i was helping out a, a good friend of mine and this was on uh, 23rd street he had a he had a brick and mortar barber shop over there i worked with him for almost about four years and we had I, I was mainly booked for the day so a lot of my bookings they would call in and most of them would say hey i can't come in i'm slammed at work i'm very busy i can't make it i gotta reschedule and that happened on a daily basis so you know i was just sitting one day i i had a thought maybe hey maybe we could do like a like a truck you know we'll park it on park avenue or madison and we'll just you know uh try yeah. to advertise from there and have people come down on their lunch breaks. But then again, I didn't want to limit it again. So I, I just, you know, I said, you know what, let's let's try to do this on-demand barber service where we can go, because I've heard of massage therapists yeah. going into office buildings. I've heard of uh, tailors, shoe shiners. I said, you know, if a massage therapist can set up their chair or whatever, their bed, how's it any different from having yeah. a barber come to the office and provide a, a, a service you know, right there, right in office, right yeah. at, you know, next to your desk. And I said, you know what, uh, let me, let me try. I gave a couple phone calls. I got a couple of referrals and a lot of people actually thought, you know, Hey, this is an amazing idea. This could be something great. Yeah. So I had my first uh, shot and it, they loved it. They referred me to other places 
And it just builds up from there. You got to get your feet wet. You know, if you yeah. don't try, you never know. Yeah. So um, let me ask. So, so you have this idea. I always find there's a big difference between having the idea and pulling it off. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. Like your first couple of cuts. Talk to me about. You know, how did how did it go? What were those kind of like moments where you're like, oh no, like I've like things that didn't work or things you realized that switching it from you know, them coming to you and your location where everything is set up and you've got it all kind of orchestrated to be exactly. able to do your job right. When you come to them, what are the things that you anticipated that you knew you were going to have to do differently and maybe unanticipated that you had to kind of figure out? And then, you know, how have you kind of evolved the service to make it work in this context? Exactly. So it's always a lot of people, they can always say, they can always talk, they can have a dream, but they don't pursue it. I, I thought to myself, I, I spoke a lot and I always said, hey, this would be a great idea. That would be a great idea. But I never would go for it. And up until recently, I said, you know what? This seems like a great idea. I don't want to be one of those people that actually says something but doesn't do it. I said, you know what? I'm going to try to do it. If I don't do it, I don't do it. If it doesn't succeed, oh, well. But if you don't try, you never know. And that's something that always pushed me. I had a curiosity for it. And I said, you know what? There's no room for failure, especially, listen, I'm 28 years old right now, married, three kids, and there's no room for failure. There's no room for failure. Yep. And that's something that you have to push for, and it's something that you have to believe in. And, you know, if, if you do have that inside of you, that push, that drive, and I'm pretty sure that you'll be very successful. So some of the things that changed as I started going in into offices was... Um, we always had accessibility to everything that we needed in a barbershop. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how can I put everything on the road? You know, something that's compact, that's easy to use, simple to carry with you. So most of our tools today are cordless. They're okay. on the go. You can use them practically anywhere. And believe it or not, I've customized the barber chair that is perfect. It's on wheels. It, oh, it'll wow. Come really? right. It's about 30 pounds. But nonetheless, it, it's pretty doable. It's, it's all very easy. There's no outlets. We don't require no outlets. Everything is portable. Everything is compact. But one of the things that did stress me a little bit was the fact that we didn't want employees and tenants to go back when they would return back to work in the office. We didn't want the hair to be on them. So yeah. what we did was we got a portable hot towel maker uh -huh. and... Yeah, we, we wet the towels before it heats up in about five to 10 minutes and just wipe down all the hair. And that's uh, easy to go, easy to use, easy to go. And they go back to work nice and clean. Yeah, That was one of the uh, challenges. Another big challenge as a service-based business was obscurity. People not knowing yeah. you, how to get your name out, what you're supposed to do, and more or less, we've, you know, we, we, we did big campaigns for um, social media. Social media helps big time. Yeah. Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, if you can find the right people on yeah. LinkedIn, you have to know your client. You have to know your who you're trying to go for. Yeah, I think and, that's a good one. So let's, let's and let's zero in on that because I think the, you know, for me, there's the whole sort of getting the service right, figuring out, right. like, as you mentioned, the whole, like, how do I bring in hot towels, the whole barber chair, like, how do I innovate on the service delivery? But, you know, until you figure out exactly who your core customer is, who your ideal customer exactly. is, right. all of that can actually be tough to do. Because if you're trying to serve too many different people making decisions about, you know, do I go cordless? Do I, you know, do I need to bring in the chair? Like those things become, you know, harder to identify and harder to solve if you're 
clients are too diverse. So how did you go about really zeroing in on who your core customer was? Like who who really made sense for you from a profit point of view, from a service point of view, in terms of you know being able to actually reach and target from a marketing and sales point of view? How did you zero in on that? Who is it and how did you zero in on that? So when when I was uh, still at at the shop in um, Seventh Avenue on Twenty Third Street, mm-hmm. we had I had a really good connection with a lot of my clientels. And when I started proposing that um, about the idea of the business, a lot of people really enjoyed it. They really liked it. They they thought it was an amazing idea. And they said, you know what? Let me get you in touch with um, our HR department. Mm-hmm. And we feel that that's somebody who makes the decisions in the company. And so we knew from that point that the person who we need to contact are HR managers. And from there, we developed a, a LinkedIn account and we developed uh, a little um, commercial base, I guess. Yep. And we would pitch it to them and they would see it. They would like it. Most of them would like it. Yep. Some of them, they had a little... Um, they weren't so sure about the price points. Okay. Uh, of some, it's a luxury and it's a, more or less a comfort that you're paying for as well. Yeah. Uh, as a, you know, but at the same time, I believe the first year it should be invest, 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 and not look for return yeah. right away because you want, like I said before, your whole thing will not to get noticed is obscurity. People don't know you. They don't, they can't trust you. They don't know what's what. So I would say, you know, try to give them services uh, on the house, try Mm -hmm. to complimentary uh, items and uh, something that makes them feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can say, Hey, uh, I would like to come in and show you complimentary two hours of how the business works. And from there on, oh, maybe you can start a chart. And that's that's what we started doing. We started contacting HR managers. We started act, contacting community managers. And from there, we started uh, developing more of an ongoing uh, lead. And we would offer, hey, we want to give you a complimentary two hours or we want to give you a complimentary event um, on the house. So people would, hey, we like you and we definitely want you to come back. And then they can refer you to other different people, to other companies. And that's one way how we started getting our name out. Yeah. Let me ask you about pricing because I think that's that's always an interesting one, can be a difficult one for a lot of service-based businesses. How did you kind of, I guess, how did you approach pricing? Where did you end up in pricing? What have you tried and how did it? How did it vary? What did you learn? Right. So with price-wise, we started at a pretty high price point. I knew it was going to be a tough, a tough one. But Mm -hmm. we then we started. We thought about maybe making a membership package, which uh, which is actually going very well, and that's something that people like to see. If people can save. 10%, 20%, you know, they rather have a membership going on on a yearly basis. They can save up to a hundred dollars or more and it's cost effective that way. You can, you can add extra services. Well, with the charge, we have how we developed it. We have a one-time fee where it's a one-time charge. They'll Mm -hmm. call you in and it's a one-time thing. They'll pay you uh, a certain amount, yeah. or you can deduct at least 20% and say, hey, we, we have a membership going. This is our membership package. Instead of paying 120, you can pay 100. Mm-hmm. And 
people say, hey, that's a cost-effective way. We, we can save some money this way, and we would love to have you on a monthly basis. And that kind of secures you for the uh, entitlement of the membership. Yeah. I think a, a friend of mine has a, essentially bought into a service at one point where they paid a one-time lifetime fee, and they get free haircuts <laughs> for the rest of their life. <laughs> Um, really? Yeah, and I think it was part of a, a startup thing. But I think that that whole idea of you know membership in this case, I mean, because like everyone needs a haircut, right? I mean, this is a uh, baked into the way the human anatomy works. <laughs> you know, exactly. that's a service that's always going to be there. So the question is, is how do you make it super simple, super easy, really committed to you know the program? How I guess what have as you've seen your core customer develop and you've kind of played with pricing, what do you think that affinity is like how do you think the membership stuff is, is really working for you is that is that the model that that seems to be sticking yeah so for us uh like you said everybody needs a haircut and for most people that's you know that's the case for a lot of people they're busy so they rather pay a small premium just to have a special service and so one one of the the, the core facts is the membership is really working out for us just because it's a more cost-effective way for people to view it as. And it really has worked and people do like it. I mean, for, yeah. for other businesses, you know, that's something that they really have to figure because price point is always so hard to, to, to decide yeah. whether you want to charge continuous fee or if it's a one-time fee, what price you can give so the client doesn't turn away from you. It was definitely a hard I had I had to consult with many people to narrow down the price point. Yeah. And normally you would like to give a price that's more affordable, I guess, for for the other side as well as for you, in a in a sense. Mm -hmm. And after the memberships are over for us, you can always go a little bit higher because you've kind of already secured your your investment with them. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about customer acquisition, marketing, sales. You know, because all of that you know, the value of a customer is always kind of a key, a key question on this, meaning, you know, depending on how long you're going to keep them, what your profit is over, you know, the lifetime value kind of feeds into, well, what can you spend on customer acquisition? How have you, how have you acquired customers? How do you think about the cost of that? What's worked for you? What have you been trying? What haven't you tried yet that you think might be helpful? So one thing that's been really, really amazing is um, more or less free advertising. Free mm -hmm. advertising today is you have social media. Yeah. You never know who can see you, who will spy you, and who will call you, yeah. who will send you an email because uh, practically the whole world is on it, and that's more than half of your battle. If you can manage your social media correctly and post on average a couple of times a day or or uh, I guess maybe even a couple of times a week, mm -hmm. as long as there's some activity that's going on, mm -hmm. uh, people will start to take notice of it. And for us, been, uh, that's been the case. We, we got uh, a lot of hits on LinkedIn and we reach out to people on LinkedIn, HRs, community managers, mm -hmm. all types of people. And that's where you can uh, more or less pitch uh, your idea to them, uh, your business to them. And that's something that, that really worked out for us as well. Referrals go a long way. Word of mouth. People who really loved and enjoyed your service will definitely talk to their friends and family, co-workers. If you got a cool haircut, right, and you always want to brag a little bit yeah. and say, man, I have this barber. You know, he's so amazing and he gave me such a great cut. I definitely recommend you to try him out, you know, and now he's going to be a little bit like, hey, maybe he's right, you know. Yeah. 
but then again, we, we also, you know, when we came in, we had people who told us, oh, I have a barber. I've been going to him for so long. I would never cheat on him, you know, but yeah. he goes, but then they go, hey, I have an event tonight. Can you just give me a small cleanup on the back? <laughs> you know, so that's one of the things when you're there and at that time, at that specific location, you know, you can always have uh, more people to try out your service. And when they try it out and you can perform better than somebody else, you just secured yourself a client. Yeah. How, um, what have you been finding on social media in terms of what, what do you actually post? Are you posting people cutting hair, the final haircuts? Are you just, is it other things around, you know, lifestyle and grooming and stuff like that? What, what content is okay. actually working for you? So we do put in uh, haircuts. We put in um, certain tips of the day, yeah. trends, trends that are going around, and more or less, that's kind of what we've what we've been putting on uh, on social media. Yeah. Any that's, any calls to action? Anything that you're doing in social media in terms of actual engagement? So you know you've got a great piece of content. How are you pulling people into trying the service or getting engaged in some way? Are, are right. you doing Are you doing so, just pure placement, or are you doing advertising as well? So we're, we started doing advertising yeah. where you can create like an explainer video. I'm sure uh, you, you, can, you can get that done today yeah. easily. And you can try to promote that on LinkedIn, right? So many of the people that will go through uh, your profile, they can, they can see the, uh, the explainer video and they click on it and it'll redirect them back to your website. And right. that's something to the landing page. So that's something that we've got some hits on. Also on Instagram as well, you can advertise that on Instagram. You can put a catchy, uh, like, hey, get a haircut in your office. Like, really, you could do that? Yeah. You know, so, you know, they'll click on the explainer video, it'll take them to the landing page, and, you know, it'll have, hey, book now, or, you know, something like that. And that's uh, something that, you know, people can easily yeah. acquire today. For service-based businesses, I think that's an uh, that's an awesome uh, strategy to attract clients. Advertising, you can boost posts on Facebook today. You can even choose your target audience from ten dollars to yeah. over a hundred thousand or whatever you're looking for. There's certain age groups that you can target, and just for that point, I think it's it's really worth uh, mentioning. Facebook is is also really amazing. Yeah. I'm curious in this process if you found any kind of customers or segments that you thought would be really great for you that turns out, you know, are not that just didn't work out for some reason or you realize that, yeah. you know, it's not a good fit. Like, is there anyone, any anything right. that you've tried or market segment or type of customer you've tried that you've decided that you're not going to do anymore? Well, I don't believe in turning down clients. Uh, that's that's one thing. That's that's one thing to actually raised up with. And if you don't agree with somebody, don't argue with them. You can always uh, say, "Hey, I'm sorry, we don't have availability for that day," and try to uh, somewhat uh, get away from that point. But more or less, I'm I'm not much on on losing uh, clients, but. That's like more or less how I was kind of brought up. So, so if you need a haircut, um, I'll give you a haircut. <laughs> I'll give you a haircut. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but more or less, uh, we, we target we target mainly corporate and yeah. we respect. Yeah, I mean, by know, price point it, alone, it sounds like you filter out, you know, a lot of the. Yeah, exactly. A, a, exactly. Lot, of the, because, a lot of the ones that would not work. Right. You can, you can target a certain audience. Yeah. And people below that audience, well, they won't even bother. 
Yeah. Uh, contacting you. Yep. No, exactly. uh, so, so, Natural filter. Yeah. You mentioned referrals. I'm just kind of curious because this goes up a lot with, with the people I work with in service-based businesses is how to develop good referral strategies. Have you, have you hit any real kind of nuggets or, or great ways of promoting referrals from existing clients to new clients? So with, with referrals, uh, what we started doing when we go in into uh, companies and when we have events, we actually like to have something that people can take with them. Uh, okay. So we, we have like this adhesive um, phone wallet. So you, oh, you okay. put it in the back of your cell phone. You can store your credit cards in there, your ID, whatever you need. And that's something that'll go with you every day. Got it. And when, when people... When we give it out and people say, hey, that's a cool thing. But, you know, that's something that will always have you in the back of their mind, you know. And we, we actually had an opportunity where one gentleman said, hey, I was talking to a friend of mine. You know, he was they were actually looking. So we, we actually we, we do a lot of work with WeWork. Yeah. And so one of the ways that we acquired them was actually through the adhesive uh, cell phone wallet. She goes to me, she was talking with one of her coworkers and her coworker said, Hey, you know, we need some a barber in here, you know, for their wall street location. Yeah. Those guys work about 15 hour shifts. They're always busy. Yeah. And she goes, take out my phone from her, from the purse. Yeah. And she saw, uh, you know, get cuts barbers on demand. So right away she passed over our information to her. And we got an email from her. And that's another way how we developed uh, a strategy for uh, customer acquisition. Yeah. Very catchy, very easy. It's cost effective. And it's, you know, something that carries with them every day. You know, they have their cell phone and it'll just remind them, I guess, to, you know, for referrals. Yeah. And like I said before, you know, you get a cool, uh, something cool, you know, you always want to brag a little bit about it. And what's a great way then to say to, you know, coworkers and friends, family, and that's something that'll bring you uh, more, uh, more action, more yeah. connections. No, that's great. So, um, so my kind of last question is things are going well uh, and you're successful over the next couple of years. Uh, in three years, where do you hope to be? Where do you think the business sort of possibly can be if, if you continue to have the success that you've had so far? So if we uh, continue the way we're doing right now, we'll, we'll be busy, we'll be working, but the broader picture is uh, we're looking to develop uh, an app where uh, barbers can be contractors and be able uh, cross the United States where, you know, somebody in Florida needs a haircut and they have barbers on contract there and they'll just go on the app and they'll say, hey, we need, you know, we need a barber, you can book now. That's more or less the broader picture for for barbers to be more independent. It's we're looking for more of a Uber type platform yeah. for barbers to use. Something that's more you know easier for them to manage their lifestyles. I remember when I was back in uh, in the brick and mortar, we used to be there twelve hour shifts a day, and you know you hardly see family, you hardly see your kids, and uh, <laughs> it's tough to it's tough to balance out. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is going to be more more of a easier and productive way for for barbers to ultimately uh, reach their you know successes. So so that's more or less the broader picture and that's hopefully right. where we uh, where we want to be from you know three years from now. Everything is on the tech side today, and if you can be tech savvy, it'll it'll definitely play in your favor. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing the app and uh, hopefully getting my haircut on demand anytime <laughs> I want. Maybe you should put the haircuts in the Ubers, and that's your next uh, 
the next big idea. So, right? Yeah, you never know. That, 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 might be, that might be something that Uber might be interested yeah. in. They already have Uber Eats. Yeah, exactly. So, All who right. knows? Maybe, maybe that's something that they would like. Awesome. This has been great. We're, we're going to come up on time. If people want to learn more about you, about Get Cuts, what's the best way to get a hold of you and, and more information? So to learn more, you can always go on our website, www.getcuts.com. You can call us 212-308-0580, or you can email us for any information you might have, info at getcuts.com. Awesome. And we're always happy to hear from you. And I'll make sure that all of that information is uh, below the audio here uh, in the show notes so that people can just click on it and get access. Arthur, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bruce. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.